one of my friends came out to her family and they completely disowned her. They they cut off the mobile phone connections. They stopped paying college fees. They just completely, yeah, couldn't speak to any of her sisters, completely cut her off. have said hi like so many times trying to figure out how this like new system works but you are my first virtual pod you want to give the you want to give the fans the small the small fans um kind of like about you where you're from what you're doing uh yeah so i am from england we met because of your best friend danny I moved to America to play football and study and become an athletic trainer. I actually became a personal trainer. Had to leave the States, boo, was really sad about it. And now I'm in England, living my best life, doing personal training, living the lesbian dream. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's me, summed up. (laughs) I am deceased. Um, That is amazing. And you met, um, so you met your current girlfriend there or here? I met her here. I met her through Tinder here. We love to see it. Yeah, a Tinder success story. Live and I actually want to, did you use, um, and obviously speak as little and as much as, or yeah, as you want, but did you use like dating apps while you were out in the States or did you primarily kind of like hop on them when you were out in the UK? No, I used them in the States as well. I remember my first dating app was um, Plenty of Fish when I was about 19. Remember, me and my, oh, I moved to the States and I had a girlfriend at the time and we had tried to do distance and it was awful. Um, wouldn't recommend. And she quickly got engaged to somebody else and I was like, that's it. I'm getting on Plenty of Fish and I'm finding a wife. And I, I didn't meet anyone on Plenty of Fish, but um, I met the softball team instead. So it all worked out. That's crazy. What are like some of the biggest differences that you've seen like with dating apps? And I don't know if there's differences in like popularity in dating apps that are out in like the UK versus the States, or is there like dating standards that are like really different? So what I was going to mention as well is what I've been thinking a lot about ever since you said about coming on the podcast is when I was in the States, it was obviously my college years. So everything that I talk about with my experiences in America is college life, which is not like if I was 25, 26, 27, 28 in America, maybe that would be very different experiences to how it was in college, if that makes sense. So anytime I'm referring to America, it's like college years. And anytime I'm referring to like my UK life, it's either high school or now I'm super mega old at 28. Um, but as far as dating apps, they were, they were basically the same. I used Tinder over there and now there's like, um, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, but I think that's just for guys. I've not been on dating apps obviously for like three and a half years now, but I think they're basically the same. Damn. Okay. I was like, yeah. Cause I was like super curious. I know that like, so when I was out in Europe traveling and I, I can't remember if I told the story before, but basically I was using all my apps for like traveling purposes. I'd be like, oh, hey, I'm in like 
I'm in Germany. Like, what is there to do? What festival is going on? But what I've found is that a lot of people were doing the exact same thing. Like, and it wasn't that people were using travel mode to say like, Hey, I'm just here. Like, let's fuck. Like people were basically just using it as a means to like meet people, which was really, really cool. And it was like, I've, I think at the time, like Tinder wasn't as like weird. And so I think like what I've just found is just like that specifically on that app, it was more so of like community based when I was traveling in Europe, but then like here it was all like super, super sex based, which is just so trash. But I mean, this is like obviously like four years ago. So obviously you meeting your girlfriend now is like such a different experience or then was such a different experience. Yeah. Tinder's pretty trashy now, I think like I've still got friends on that use most of the apps and especially Tinder for girls here. It's a lot of, can my boyfriend watch or you know, my partner wants to find, you know, it's a lot of threesomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's pretty trashy, I think. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad I'm yeah, out of um, I actually did go on Tinder in um, California. I was over there for San Francisco Pride. And it was the weekend that America yeah. legalized gay marriage. So it was epic. So I redownloaded Tinder just to meet people and be like, like, where should we go? Like, I didn't know San Francisco at all. And my friend Ellie had come over from England, so neither of us really knew the area that well. Um, and I met, we met up this girl. She took us to this club, and we ended up having this crazy night with her and her friend. Went back to her apartment, which like was a skyline, incredible apartment overlooking San Francisco. Like smoked a bong, like didn't mm. know who this girl was, and then she had like pictures of her with Ruby Rose and stuff up on the fridge, and um, like all these random, like <laughs> celebrities. And I was hanging out my ass the next day and I'm like who are you and um she was like oh yeah I just like get paid to go to these parties and stuff um I was like what do your parents do she's like we don't talk about that and I was like okay gonna go now but yeah oh. that was the only time I went on a date night, so they're like, in the mob they're mercenaries sorry was she straight or gay uh I think she was probably bi I think she was a bit okay everything so okay which leads me into so something that we talked about something I know that you had mentioned was um well there were like a couple things like I think it was the typical things that you would get asked by like straight people right that like typically you would normally never ask and also the fascination of like I think either straight women exploring their sexuality and or vice versa where you have somebody you have somebody that's not straight or like somebody that's gay that's chasing kind of like a straight female counterpart so just wondering if you wanted to like touch on those yeah (laughs) yeah let's dive in facts eh frequently asked questions let's do it so i'll just hit you with a few that we get asked like the most Mm -hmm. common ones how do you do it literally every how do you do it is, scissor, is scissoring a thing? How do you guys do it? Is scissoring a thing? Is it even proper sex? Things like that. That is like top question all the time. Um, always get asked like, have you ever been with a guy? Um, who is the boy one in the relationship? Who is the girl one in the relationship? Those are like the top most asked questions I would say that get asked all the time. And you would never ask straight people these questions. Like, how do you do it? Like, does your boyfriend fuck you in the ass? Like, you don't ask people that, but yeah, people think they can go up to lesbians and be like, do you guys scissor? Like, oh, we're having this conversation in the street. Okay. It's a bit random. I've had, I've had work meetings where they ask me about stuff before in, you know, like really inappropriate places. 
but I think so what's your like response usually like when so I'm pretty I'm like super open about chatting about stuff so I think because I'm so like yeah you know I'll chat about whatever I'm quite like approachable to ask about these things and people think oh she's pretty chill we can ask her if she you know this is a girlfriend <laughs> um but yeah I think as I get older um I'm realizing more and more that it's actually not okay to really ask those things I think before I'd always kind of laugh it off and always try and make them feel more comfortable and like I don't want them to feel awkward talking about lesbian stuff so I'll make it you know humorous or funny and be like yeah it's this and this and make them feel at ease and now I'm a bit like why are you asking me if I'm having kids with my girlfriend? You know, like you wouldn't ask a straight couple those things. Well, you shouldn't be yeah. asking a straight couple about kids. So the older I'm getting, the more I'm a bit like, hmm, maybe don't ask me about fingering at work meetings. But <laughs> yeah, normally, <I> just, <laughs> you know, up until now, I've been pretty open with my answers. You know, I don't, I'll just answer honestly and be like, yeah, scissoring's really not that great. <laughs> but, that is amazing and that's like I mean I just think it just comes down to like natural personal like questioning right at the end of the day I'm not like nobody in work meetings is asking like male or female or whoever like how big their butthole is like right just like you said where you know and I think it goes back to even just like women in general like you see it everywhere where it's you know women are expected to for example like have children or get married and so like for me somebody that you know doesn't necessarily believe in like government marriage and doesn't want children like having asked that all the time, it's like so uncomfortable. I'm like, at what point in your life did you feel like it's, you know, important for you to like, just dig into my like personal beliefs and systems. And then they start questioning you on it. Right. So it's like, if their opinion is different than yours, they have to like interject. And so I'm sure like for you too, where it's somebody, you know, asks the question of like, what is this? Or how do you do this? And then they have this different mindset and they're like, well, I saw in this movie that it was this way. And I'm just like, dude, like, Check the room. Yeah, read the room here, guys. Read the room. Like, obviously, my friends and stuff, I don't mind them asking me anything. God, me and my friends are so open about everything. We will talk about butthole sizes. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, read a room situation. Am I close with you? Should we have this conversation? Maybe think, would I be asking my straight friends this in this situation? And if you probably wouldn't, then you probably shouldn't be asking gay people it too, you know, like... We're just yeah. human beings, just having sex with the same sex. <laughs> Nothing too exciting, really, but yeah. Dude, I 1000% agree with you there. Does your, do you feel like your girlfriend gets asked the same, the same questions too? Does, do you guys like ever kind of like talk about how uncomfortable it can get, especially like with you guys being a couple too? Um, She won't as much because she, she I, I'm her first girlfriend. So before me, she was with guys and was engaged to a guy she'd been with for seven years and um so she obviously never had to deal with those kind of questions or anything like that and even now like she's fair you know we were going to talk about the different types of lesbians mm -hmm. she's girly and femme so you wouldn't instantly look at her and think she was a lesbian to ask her those questions but um yeah I'm pretty sure we're already starting to get the when are you getting married things and the what about kids questions and stuff already but generally it's from family which is okay but yeah I don't think she's had it quite as much and so yeah just navigating yeah 
What are your, um, what are you guys' thoughts on like adoption and like the provisions? I know that like, uh, not California, but the United States has a lot of like legality behind like same sex couples usually like adopting is the UK, do you know if the UK, um, is the same? So I've not looked too much into it, even though it's a possible route for us down the line. Mm-hmm. It could be something we look into, um, but I haven't looked into it too much, but I, um, I know that same-sex couples can adopt, but I know that adoption here is, it's tough anyway. You've got to go through a lot of like interview processes and they interview your friends and your family and, and everything. Like you've got a lot of hoops to jump through to be able to adopt over here. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I haven't looked into the two systems comparing like the States to here. I think the States is really expensive to adopt as well. Yeah, it's like thousands of dollars. I had... um. I had a, a couple of mine that was like trying to adopt and they basically got like screwed out of, I think like 10 grand or, or something along the lines, because basically there's like a lot of faulty agencies out there that are trying to like sell their services. And then it ended up being like, just like a loss for money. They couldn't get in contact with them. And it was like so fucking sad. Cause I'm like, dude, it's like already two people and it, two men like that can't bear children. And like, they're just trying to like one, not only adopt and give the child a home, but it's like genuinely start a family. And to like, for somebody to just not have like enough of a heart to like create like a kind of establishment that basically like fucks people over who just again are trying to do something amazing and incredible like I, it's just like so shocking to me yeah I listened to your podcast that you did with Noah I think it was and you talked mm-hmm. about marriage and adoption and things in that one and you mentioned about how you know how is it fair that there's a lot of heterosexual couples that don't want children or don't look after their children and then you've got gay couples that are desperate for children but you know well IVF for example here um I I could be wrong on the complete facts on everywhere but I'm pretty sure depending on your location in the country um you have to pay a lot more money as a homosexual couple to get IVF than you would if you were a straight couple actually I think you get it for free if you're if you're a heterosexual couple you get it free if you're not you have to pay and then how much you pay kind of varies depending on whereabouts in the country that you live um and it's it's expensive stuff but it's like why why should it cost more for us you know like there's no way two men can make a baby and there's no way two women can make a baby so why make us have to pay and jump through more hurdles just because we're in the same sex relationship it's still not it's still not normal to be gay it's still abnormal almost and someone was saying to me the other day like you shouldn't have to come out you know why why do you have to come out you shouldn't have to do that it's like we do have to come out because when you're born you're assumed that you're straight so you kind of do need to still come out to say it otherwise you're just assumed that you're straight and in schools they still teach mum dad um not mum and mum or dad and dad so mm-hmm. you know you you're raised in this whole heterosexual like way of life so i feel like i've gone a bit off topic from talking about facts to um ivf and stuff but yeah no this this is like an awesome segue i actually want to know i know i asked you a little bit earlier about like you know things you were comfortable talking about but I wonder, like, are you open to sharing your, like, coming out story? I don't know if, like, that's something that, again, you're willing to kind of go with the greater public, but I can totally cut this out, too. Yeah, absolutely, because in the grand scheme of things, I've had it really good. Like, when you look at 
how how badly gay people can be treated and how bad coming out stories can be i've had it pr pretty good so um because i kind of did it and then ran away to america <laughs> uh left that mess behind so i never really had to come out to my mom because what happened was i had absolutely no idea that i was into girls at all i just knew anything i was doing with guys was shit and i was just like surely it gets better and then i met a girl and instantly was like, oh, hold on, Fanny Flutters, what's this? Like, uh, <laughs> had a bit of a breakdown. <laughs> I was I was on the sofa to my mum having a breakdown. And I was like, I think I like a girl. Uh. And she was like, oh, okay. Um, maybe you're just really, really good friends or you soulmates. And I was like, no, I really think I fancy her. She was like, well, do you want to touch her? And I was like, ah! And like, no, no, end of that conversation, like ran away. And that was the end of that. And that that was my coming out story to my mum, basically. Because from there, I just was dating girls and bringing them home and she was meeting them. And there was never really more of a conversation. Um, the first person I actually came out to was my sister on Christmas Day. And I had a girl, I was on my third girlfriend by this point. So I, I hadn't come out because I was so scared like I, I didn't have any gay people around me so I didn't know how to be I didn't know how to come out I didn't know now that I look back at it I'm like what the fuck was I doing like I had no idea because nowadays it's so common and so talked about people just don't really care that much here we'll talk about that later too mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but over here it's really you know the majority of it the people around me don't care but when I was 17 and coming out, people did care. People were bullied if they were obviously gay. And so I was really scared of what, what my family and friends would say. But I came out to my sister and she was so excited and like booted up the old computer and like looked up my girlfriend. She was just buzzing for me. Um, after that, a couple of weeks later, I came out to my group of friends. Actually, my I took them all to a coffee shop. It was on my birthday and my best friend was sat next to me and I was like struggling to get the words out. And she was like, can I do it? Can I do it? I was like, yeah, yeah, go on then. Lauren's gay. She's got a girlfriend. And you all just sat there like, shut up. No, she doesn't. Like, wouldn't uh, believe it. They didn't quite believe it at first. And they said they didn't really believe it for a little bit after, but they didn't care at all. So it was the easiest, easiest thing for me. And I didn't come out to my dad. I was too scared. So I moved to America and um, it just filtered out from there. So when I was in the States, that's how the rest of my family found out, the rest of friends kind of all just leaked out. So I don't know if people were bothered. I don't know if things were said behind my back. I don't know because I was in America, um, you know, living the soccer dream. But then when I was in the States, yeah, it got a whole fresh start. Like I didn't have to come out to anyone. I just was gay there. So I didn't have mm -hmm. to sit like, I just changed completely as a person when I went to the States. I was so much more confident. I could just be how I wanted to be. I wasn't scared about people finding out that I was gay because I just went over as I'm, I am gay and I have a girlfriend. I didn't need to tell people it. It just was it just was what it was. And I think I went into Kansas pretty naive. I thought Kansas was... Well, I didn't know anything about Kansas. Nobody knows anything about Kansas apart from Wizard of Oz. So I thought people would be just like they were everywhere in the world just so I thought accepting and it'd be fine and I didn't really know what to expect and then yeah and then Kansas came along <laughs> but for the most part it was good but then there's so some... what was the what happened in Kansas 
Yeah, so you've got the whole spectrum there. Can I absolutely loved Kansas and I would I would move back there. I love it so much. Um, but it's a very religious state, as you probably know, very religious. I mean, there's still Amish people live there. Um it, it abortion is illegal there, I still think it's illegal. Um, yeah, but really religious state. And I remember one of my first classes was sociology. And the teacher literally said that it was because of the gays that we have thunderstorms and earthquakes. And there was me and two girls on either side of me from England. We just kind of sank in our seats a little bit, like, what the fuck? It was one of my first classes. I remember messaging my mum, like, my sociology teachers just said that um, we get thunderstorms and earthquakes because of gay people. Yeah, so I sat at the back of that class for that semester kept pretty quiet and the same class he was like we were talking about guns and stuff and obviously in England guns aren't aren't a thing at all um and so he was like hands up if you own a gun and everybody put their hands up like it was nothing and me and the two British girls at the back were like what the fuck so that class sticks out in my mind is like oh my god this is not England we're not in England anymore Toto like there's guns and there's people blaming <laughs> bad weather, like the gays on bad weather. Like, what, what is happening here? And then I, I saw my first cowboy and I was like, wow, this place is crazy. So, yeah, that was like a bit of a, oh, this is a different culture entirely. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look at the like South and the Midwest. I feel like they're very, very far from like progressive. They're usually considered red states. Um, and then once you get into kind of like the borderlines, like you get to California or New York, they've got a lot more diversity. So I think people are less inclined to have like a very like aggressive conservative opinion. Um, and so I was like really shocked too, like when uh, Danny, my best girlfriend, well, you obviously know, but for those listening, um, had moved to Kansas and I know it was like obviously like honor soccer scholarship. So like for her, it was, you know, there, there was so much like greatness with that. But at the end of the day, I'm like, holy shit. It, like it is so small. There's, it's like predominantly white, like white straight. And then she's, I mean, she's, she's a straight gal, but she's so open-minded and she's got this like, you know, extremely diverse group of friends. So it's just like, even imagining her like migrating that way, I was like, wow, like that is just generally going to be such a different experience. And even when I had come out there to visit you guys, and I can't remember if I met you there or here, but I was like, oh, we're in Kansas. There's <laughs> no toilet seat cover. There's Duck Dynasty at the gas station. There's only like one bar. Everything is slow. Like it's yeah. shocking. Yeah, but I still loved it. it. Yeah. You get the best and the worst in Kansas. Like I met some of the most caring, kindest, genuine people there. Because because they're so religious, they're so loving too. But then at the other end of the spectrum, I had the most hate there for it. So yeah, it's a, it's a crazy place, but it's great. And I loved it. Um, Did you- but I think with college, a lot of the college I went to were, um, what do you call it? Um, like people coming from California over to Kansas for the scholarship. So it wasn't like a school of Kansas people. There was a lot of Texans, Californians, like wherever. A yeah. big group of lots of different people. So it wasn't like just all, you know, straight white, um, redneck, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the typical, the typical of what you think of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Damn. 
would you say that there was like, I guess, have you ever lived anywhere in the States outside of Kansas or was it primarily Kansas? Primarily, yeah, all Kansas. I obviously did like six weeks summer in California, but long term, it was all Kansas. Yeah, I did dream of living in Colorado. Yeah. That's where I wanted to move to, but it wasn't meant to be. Or just, you know, California and then we can hang out. What's up? <laughs> I loved California. I did love California, but it's expensive, girl. Yeah. Actually, I've got a, I've got a new friend <laughs> but who I just moved what... over from California. She's also gay. And basically, we have my old massage therapist basically put us together in a group message. I think she'll, oh, she's gay, likes travel. She's gay, likes travel. They'll get along. Stuck us together in a group message. And we've become like really, really good friends. So I told her I was coming on this podcast too. So I've been asking, you know, her for her stories and experiences as well, because Obviously, everything that we talk about has to come from my experiences and my story. And that's such a small little part of the entire world. You know, there's going to be people that have way worse experiences than me. And some have no experiences and this and that and the people we've been with. So I've just, ever since you asked me to come on this podcast, I have been reaching out to so many different people being like, tell me a story, tell me a story. Like, I want to hear lots of different things. And yeah, experiences. I would love that. What's like something that, what's something that stuck out to you from like all the people that you've reached out to? Is there, are there any stories that you think are like beneficial to share that like people are willing to share? And if not, we can like, we can even like get on a topic and then like you can pull from there. Um, well, the top, one of the things with one of my friends is, was the straight girls thing. Cause I, I brought that up to her and was like, you know, how, how have you found dating straight women? And is it just a massive head for you? And she's been in some like bad toxic relationships with women who um you know identify as straight or or you know I, I mean are they straight it's, it's hard it's hard identify as straight um and then struggling with not coming out to family keeping it a secret uh, I mean I've been through that I mean I I date I've dated mostly straight women actually if I look if I look back at all the partners I've been with mostly straight women and, you know, a couple of them didn't want to tell their family, didn't want to tell their friends, and they do keep you hidden and quiet. And when you're in it at the time, you just, like, it's just understanding and you get it and it's like, okay, it's fine. And now when I look back, I think, I felt like shit. I felt really shit that they had to hide that. And, you know, one one girl said she had stopped going to church because of me and that felt awful. Um, I'm not religious at all, but I know how important that was to her. And then she said that, and I just was like, ooh, you know, stomach sank. So the straight girl thing is... Um... And are you saying, like, like when it comes to, like, when you mention dating straight women, are you saying that they're bi? Or are you saying that they are, they are lesbian, they just haven't come out yet, and they're identifying as straight? Or are they experimenting the waters? Like, what would the definition be to, like, for clarity? I think the whole spectrum... Uh, I've gone from the sh the straightest who are, you know, married with three kids to ones who have said to me they think they're bi but could never, ever tell their families to ones that think they are probably gay but couldn't come out to their families because they're religious or wouldn't understand or wouldn't see them in the same way. The whole spectrum. Um, and just 
just a lot of curiosity, I think. And like I said, you know, most of my time in America was during college years. So I think in general, that's just the time that people are just testing the waters on everything anyway. Um, so yeah, a bit, bit crazy going through all of the above. My question was, so I know that you were saying that your current girlfriend now, she had come from being engaged and having like a long-term relationship. Is that, was that kind of like a similar experience where she wasn't admitting to herself or do you, or was she basically like by and she was like, well, you know, like I basically, I fell in love with a woman versus being engaged to this man. And like, not saying that there's like a certain primary gender that I'm like more attracted to, but basically just found, you know, love on one spectrum versus another. Yeah. So Becky, my girlfriend, she's like an anomaly to, to all the other women that I have been with or talked to friends about, like, any other time when I've been the first girl for someone, they've always had like either, you know, trouble telling people about it or trouble with themselves doing it or loads of questions about how it works and freaking out about different, different things, you know? Um, but with Becky, it was like, just, she, she just straight away just got it. And like straight away told her parents, she was actually excited to like introduce me to her friends there was no hiding it. There was no shame. There was no embarrassment. There was none of that. There was no questions of, is this right? Should I be doing this? Is this, you know, against my beliefs and nothing like that. It just always felt natural on both parts. And even though she had only been with men, she had broken up with her fiance. They weren't together anymore when we met. And she just said to her friends one day, she was like, I'm just going to put both on Tinder. You know, she was sick of guys, I think. It was like a bit curious and had thought maybe she could be into women, but had never tried it. And where we're from, it, especially, you know, back back then, you know, it's not, you know, a gay haven. There's not that many of us. So she just told me right before we started this podcast, she had no gay people in her life whatsoever. So she had nobody to show her that it could be a thing so it never mm. was a thing so she just one day decided to randomly change her tinder to both we matched and yeah i was planning on going traveling i did go traveling so i said to her like this is just you know a short-term thing longest longest tinder day ever it's going on to be but she ended up following me out and we ended up traveling coming back together and still together so it's all just kind of worked perfectly and yeah doesn't normally work that way that's unpleasant so far when we met I said to her I did not believe in like monogamous relationships I was like I just they just don't work like how can one person be with one person forever like this is not a thing like that's not for me that's not my life and so that's (laughs) I went in with that um and three and a half years later we're still still grand That's her that is nuts. I, you know, what's funny you say that the, um, so the episode that I'm actually releasing before yours is going to be on polyamory. And so we basically just discussed like, you know, is monogamy like really sustainable? Is it not? And then, um, I brought up a friend of mine to talk about like his sister who was married. She's married. And then she is in also like a polycule and there's like seven to 10 of them. And it's like, the stories are just wild. Cause I'm like, I can barely keep track of one person, like let alone like myself. So imagining like when you have to sit here and 
allocate time to like all these other people like at once, right? Like outside of that kind of like monogamous state is like, I couldn't like grasp, like I know it works for some people, but like for me and my like schedule, I was like, I, I don't think I can like ever even think about doing this. Like it just literally didn't click. It's a lot of work, especially if it was all women as well. Cause mine would have to be all women, like no men allowed. That'd be hard work. And we'd all end up sinking and it would be just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Have you and Becky ever talked about um, being not like in an open relationship, but in a like polyamorous relationship or or do you both primarily want to stay to like monogamy? Yeah. So obviously when when we first met, I was really, we were so open about everything because we didn't expect to be with each other long term. So we said what we, what our preferences were and what we thought about relationships and stuff. And I obviously went in saying, I didn't think it was you could have one person forever it just didn't make sense you know everybody ends up in divorce everybody cheats so what's the point of even going down that route um and you know I don't disagree with that opinion now like I still in the back of my mind I'm like can can, is it possible like is it doable um but she is very much a one person relationship and and I am too like I would like with her like it, it feels fine you know trying to think of how to word it I don't think we'd be closed off to any ideas of anything down the line but at the same time we both we'd get jealous like if I knew that she'd been with somebody else it'd be one of those where it's like oh let me do my thing but I'd be too jealous if you had your thing if that makes sense yeah Which makes it then not no okay. that absolutely well, makes we've sense. had that conversation like we've talked about stuff not not nothing like actually serious we're gonna go into and do this but like yeah I think if you're in a like a relationship where you're so open and honest with each other you can talk about these things like that's why I've been with her for three and a half years and I never made it past a year with anybody else because from day one it was like just these open conversations and I could say these I thought they were fucked up thoughts in my head but now they're out they're not fucked up thoughts it's just you know against the grain I guess ways of thinking but she kind of gets them and yeah it's, it's working I know I absolutely love that and I think that's like a big piece of it right it's like it goes down to like something that Brad Brad and I my current boyfriend and I talk about all the time where it's like you know most of these things can be like resolved and like you can bring longevity to a relationship when it comes to like communication right no matter how wild or outrageous your thoughts are it's like as long as you're sitting here having discussions b- before making like crazy actions I think that's what's important and even down to like the polyamory conversation that I had like the reason why those like those situations and the polycules work is literally because everyone communicates so like they basically are like hey sorry I can't come home tonight because I'm with Jenny I don't know I'm trying to think of a name but like with Jenny and like so they know they're like okay I'm with the other the other person that's in this relationship so there's no like they're, they're like the boundaries are there, right? Like where they're like, as long as you communicate that everything is like basically fine. So, and that's, I think where Becky kind of came in and just said like, look, like you're totally sane and believing the way that you do. And like, whether or not we discuss this, you're going to be thinking about them. So why don't we just talk about it? And then, you know, and then you're in this like a long relationship that you're super happy with and like define basically almost everything that you thought was like not even possible. Yeah, literally that's exactly what it was. Like I never thought I'd be with somebody for, th- for this long. I know three and a half years isn't, you know, the grand scheme of things long, but it's long for me and it doesn't feel like three and a half years and we're still super happy. And like, I definitely, when I'm talking about, you know, other relationship or like other people, it's definitely just the physical thing. I could not handle emotional with multiple people. 
especially if it was if I if I knew like the Becky had an emotional attachment to someone else, but she was like, yeah, but I like you too, so I'll be with you, you know, on a Wednesday and every other weekend. Oh my god, it'd be like my parents' divorce all over again. Like I'm not splitting my no, 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 no. Like it would have to be strings attached, no strings attached sex. Like that's it. Yeah. Um, which can can you have emotionless sex? Some people can, some people can't. On the topic of sex, <laughs> like the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Not talk about uh, we cannot talk about that. I love it. So there are so d- doesn't even matter. Like gay or straight, I think everyone has an opinion on like sex toys. But I do want to know. Um, sorry, my texting is going off. But I do want to know um, when it comes down to like sex in the like lesbian world. And I'm sure that you've gotten enough questions of like, how do you have sex? Do you find the same integration of like sex toys or like, is there, I guess like a difference in choices? Like, do you, do you, I guess like, would you gravitate more to like say something that's like culturally oriented or like are dildos still like accepted because they still resemble a penis, right? Like, like what are the thoughts there? Yeah. So it's every couple for themselves with this one, isn't it? Like, I can only speak on, you know, my and my friends and the people that I know is kind of sex relationships and what what we use, but everybody's different on what they like and don't like and enjoy and stuff. Um, but yeah, like sex toys is definitely a thing. And you said, is it the same? But I've never experienced it with a guy. So I don't, I can't compare to a guy. So True. I wouldn't know what, what you would use. Cock rings? Who knows? Is that that? Do they work? Is that a thing? Are they good? I would not know these things okay. at all. I was going to say the one, I know like for straight people, it's like obviously different, right? There's like obviously like male and female stimulation, but I think on the female spectrum, I know like for me, like we'll introduce like small vibrators, like clip vibrators. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I mean, that's like my biggest extent. Some people like bring in like bigger vibrators and they use them or like have their partner use them um, just to like spice it up. So I think it can really vary, but I just... I guess like, I, like I'm unsure of if there is like more, I guess, gravitation towards like a certain style of vibrator or a certain, like, I don't know, certain introduction to the bedroom when it comes to like sex toys. Yeah. I guess it'll depend on the lesbian. So like for me personally, I would never want someone with a strap on, like I will wear the strap on in this relationship. Thank you very much. Um, and would never want like a double ended dildo. I'd never want you know, like I'm, I'm too gay for even that, you know, but there's, you know, there'll be a lot of lesbian people out there who are like hammering away on a double-ended dildo and I'm like, good for you sisters, but it's just not for me. Like I, I've, I've tried, you know, I've been with a partner before where we were like, yeah, let's try you wearing it for once. And I was like, absolutely fucking not get off me. Like no way. Um, so that's, that's not for me at all. <laughs> I'm definitely the boyish one, which Oh, I was talking to my friend the other day about the boyish one and she was like, it should be more like when people say like, who's the boy one in the relationship? Do they really mean dominant in the relationship? But I don't know. It's easier just to say I'm the boyish one for sake of the argument, you know? So yeah, vibrators, yeah, dildos, strap-ons, they're all a good time. Butt stuff. <laughs> Me and my friends were joking last year, 2020 was year of the butthole. So it was like, it was an experimental year for a few people with the butt area last year. <laughs> Dude, people were bored. <laughs> Literally. Hmm, what to do today? Butt stuff? Sure. Sudoku? Okay. <laughs> Just finding anything to do. Or both at once. Who knows? Oh my God, that's the dream. 
I know that you brought up um, kind of like the types of lesbians like we brought up a couple of times. And I guess like for those listening that might not know, like what's the like classification? I personally only know of like the stereotypical, I know mean, this is like not even politically correct, but right, the quote unquote stereotypical, like you have like either like the more butch type, maybe like the boyish type and then like the more like femme side of things. Is there like a more distinct variation or is there, I guess, like more like politically correct ways to differentiate or are we just throwing them all out and just equally just going, why does it even matter? I would say like none of them are really like PC, are they? Like really, but there's so many, there's so many types. It's gone like mental now. Like when I first entered the lesbian world, all I knew about was like femme, which is like girly, butch, you know, shaved head and dikey which i'm not a big fan of that word but saying mm-hmm. anyway um and then you know tomboy so i thought there was like the three or chapstick it was called was like the middle ground you're not quite lipstick which is you know says so lipstick and fair which is girly and then there's like stud or butch which is like you know shaved head and more masculine um and then i was sort of in the middle like athletic chapstick whatever you want to call them but then there's like a whole bunch more there's the hasbian which is the lesbian has been so like was a lesbian and then now isn't no few of them okay um there's the sport dyke the baby dyke the just a just random nicknames for everything the pillow princess that's (laughs) pillow princess is the one where they're like super girly and feminine and pretty much just take everything (laughs) so probably probably just a straight girl that doesn't okay um the u-haul lesbians that i was about to say <laughs> have you heard of u-haul then no so, what is that it's like a well-known stereotype that lesbians move really quickly so like you meet you get a dog you move in together you get married like bam 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 all within like three months so it's like u-hauling because you just like moved in super rapid and i know that to be true with like most cases so it's just well if you imagine like how many emotions there are with a girl i've talked to becky a lot about this because she's been with men um so she can compare between the emotional relationship side between men and women and she says it is a lot more deep with a woman it's a lot more emotional with a woman like you do get that stronger sort of connection i guess um i've known other women who have been with men and then become gay to say the same thing as well Obviously, I can't speak because I just have never had a connection with a with a guy like that. So I don't know. But yeah, you haul in because you're just like crazy emotions, crazy emotions, scissoring, but not really move in together. It's great. Wow. No, I mean, I, I know that happens. So you see when it happens with like straight couples, it's not even a term. It's basically like, dude, you're just insane um, and like pipe it down. So and I think but that comes from the stigma of like, men are not supposed to be as emotional. They're supposed to be the quote unquote rational ones, which I think is like just such a crazy statement in general, but they're supposed to be the ones that are like, no, like let's kind of like slow it down. Right. And then when it comes to the woman, it's like, no, I want everything now. And I'm moving quick and I'm focusing on that, like, you know, kind of like emotional aspect of it. So yeah, that's where kind of like that slow down, like stop. You're kind of in that crazy phase and they're supposed to be the structure of how long it takes to date and how long it takes to move in and have a dog and have kids or whatever. Right. There's, but again, that's all basically on, um, just the stereotypical, like straight couples. 
yeah and like all these all these names like femme tomboy like butch stud whatever like i don't know why lesbians need to have that name and label they don't need to have it that they're there but like for heterosexual people you don't all have a different term to describe your way of being that makes sense it was like it probably came from Mm -hmm. when people tried to still keep us in boxes like oh this doesn't make sense two girls together oh my brain can't compute let's stick one in a girl box and one in (laughs) a boy box or something but the way the world's moving forwards i think those boxes are just getting more and more just like open yeah like are you seeing sorry are you seeing a shift within like the gay the gay community too like just internally like with i mean everyone that you know all of your friends like do you feel like those stereotypes are getting kind of pushed out the window i think just everywhere around me in general not even the like the gay community necessarily because there's not that big of a one where i am um mm-hmm. just in general like when i was coming out i didn't that pansexual wasn't a thing um or, or maybe it was but i didn't know about it um and transgender wasn't really a thing like and now it's so well spoken about and so open and talked about that lesbian and gay is like a thing of the past now it's like almost you you know like I've got you know friends who have got kids in high school like my hairdresser who's got a kid in high school who came out as pansexual at like 13 and I'm like 13 that is mental to me I didn't even know what a lesbian was at 13 like and, and nowadays they're, they're all coming out as pans and bi and whatever, which is great because it means people are more open to saying things and being how they want to be. And I think hopefully we're moving into a place where we can be born and not be stuck with the straight label straight away. That would be a great place to end up being is like you can be born and you just become how you want to be and who you are and, that just flows but the mo- that, we're just so far from that still but that's like it's still it's so much more open than it was i think when i came out it was still just lgb community and now it's the whole spectrum so things have come on like way yeah. way, 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 way like loads i've had lots of shitty experiences with homophobia and stuff which we've not really had like don't need to talk, to talk about can if you want but like just comments and, and things like that but f- for the most part i've i've not I've not been beaten up. I've not had to flee a country. I've not, I've not had any of the serious bad, you know, sides of homophobia or anything that I have had. I've done quite well to brush it off. And up until you asked me to come on this podcast, not reflected on at all. It's been a wild week. It's easy for me to be like, yeah, things are great. And you know, everyone's progressive, but it's not like that everywhere. Um, So I know that for sure even last night on uh, there's like facebook groups here that do like um buying and selling and stuff and someone was like didn't know whether to put this in the comment in the comments or not but um got accused of being a lesbian today and had you know things shouted at me and i just wanted to come on here and say i can't believe there's still people you know being homophobic and this and that and the stream of comments from people around my town so my town's not that big uh not compared to like where you're from um of people like yeah this has happened to me too I was in this shop and they were talking about this and this and this so it's still going on there's still a lot of comments and hate being made I'm just not aware of it I don't surround myself around homophobes I don't go to places where I'm gonna be you know given abuse or given shit to I've I've learned where 
you know, where that's going to happen, where to go and who my friends are and the communities to be around and the gym I go to and everything, you know, you, I'm not going to put myself in positions where I'm going to get that shit. So to me, I'm kind of in my own little happy bubble with Becky where we don't get given much shit. I mean, her grandparents still aren't okay with it. They tried to hook her up with a doctor the other day, but we can handle that. In general, it's pretty good for us. And so can't, can't complain too much. What is her, so in the vein of like her grandparents, do they at least like acknowledge you? Like, and do they like you as a person or do you guys just not have like, and obviously we don't have to talk about this, but do you guys just not have a relationship? Yeah, I mean, I'm Becky's special friend is apparently what, what I'm called sometimes, um, or just Becky's friend. So it's, it's that generation, isn't it? Um, yeah. My, I've never caught to my grandma, um, and we've never really discussed it, but she's on Facebook and she sees things and she's met Becky, and so she does know. We've just never had that conversation. Um, and when I came back yeah. from the States, I said to mum, like, have you told grandma? Because my mum told my brother and, you know, like I said, like everybody kind of filtered it out between themselves. I didn't really have to do much of it. And she said, well, I didn't tell her that your brother was straight. So I was like, okay, fair. But does she know? Like, I liked where my mum was coming yeah. from with, you know, I didn't tell her that your brother and sister were straight. Why should I need to tell her that you're gay? It's not a thing, which is great. You know, like my mum doesn't give a shit. But also, does my grandma really know who I am and, you know, not to set me up with any cute boys? Yeah, that's like, it's just like so insane. I still like, even that older generation, you would think like we are in 2021 and they've been able to see so much change and growth. And so to think that there's still this like very like closed off and like conservative mindset, like it's still shocking. Like, obviously we all know it exists, but like. I almost just, I can't comprehend where somebody would even have like an opinion, especially when it doesn't concern them or their lives. And that's like with the, even like outside of this, right? Like just like when you're looking at any type of like topic, whether it's where, whether it's dress, culture, religion, um, gay, straight, bi, like doesn't matter, right? It's like, keep your opinion to yourself or like, what is it at the end of the day, when you go home, does that person affect you, right? They're not in your immediate circle. Like, where does your opinion come from? Yeah, that's spot on like people's opinions oh yeah people's opinions have affect have changed the way I have been and you know the thoughts that I've had and everything just because they get in your head you know what people think and especially when when you're a teenager and you're, you're unsure yourself and you're already a bit confused and don't really know when other people are confused about your life decisions and throw their opinion on top it's even more like am I doing the right thing is this right? Am I wrong? Am I sinning? Am I going to go to hell for this? Like, yeah, I've, yeah, I've had people, so many people tell me I need to go to their church. This is back in the States. Um, not, not as religious here, but I was like, you need to come to my church. Um, you know, God will forgive you and all this. And oh. With this one guy, he was like, well, how are you um, expected to get into heaven? And I was like, I don't believe in heaven and hell. And he literally like was shook. He, he was like, what? He was like, you got to come to my church. We have macaroni Tuesdays. And I was like, macaroni sounds great, but I'm okay. Thank you. Um, I will just keep sinning 
sinning away, which that, that that's a crazy thing to me as well. You know, um, a lot of my friends in the States who are gay are also very religious. Um, and I didn't realize until a couple of years ago that they still thought that they were sinning. I thought they thought God loves me. God loves everybody. You know, he created us and, you know, he, he loves me for who I am. So it doesn't matter that I love women. But actually I found out a couple of years ago that actually they think they are sinning and God does see it as a sin, but will forgive them for it, which is a completely different narrative, like entirely. And it made me realize they think I'm sinning too. And, you know, one of my, one of my best friends visited and I had no idea she thought that being gay was a sin and she brought it up and was like, yeah, but you know, God forgives sinners and, you know, you can still, all of that stuff. And I just was like, so taken aback and Becky was with me and we both just felt this like change in atmosphere. And I just was like, holy shit. Like this whole time, my friends have thought that what I'm, doing and how I'm living my life is a sin like that that hurts enough but then imagine thinking yourself is that you are living a sin you know like I couldn't even get my mind around that like I know in my heart I'm not doing anything wrong and I'm not religious so I don't have a god telling me that this is right or wrong I know that I'm not harming anybody so um, it's fine but I couldn't imagine living as a religious person thinking genuinely what I'm doing is a sin but I'll be forgiven for it. That's crazy to me. And that was the whole, that was big in Kansas. That was huge. So that was, the, yeah, that was the biggest difference between here and here and there. Wow. And it's so primarily most of the people, most of those people were, were they closeted or were they like out, but they basically just felt like they were like living a lie. Yeah, they were closeted for a while. And then one of my friends came out to her family and they completely disowned her. They they cut off the mobile phone connections. They stopped paying college fees. They just completely, yeah, couldn't speak to any of her sisters, completely cut her off. Um, now I think they're fine. It's take, I mean, it's years and years. It took years of rebuilding, obviously. But initially they did that. Another one, um, yeah, she was closeted and then came out to her family and they... Um, they were California as well, not Kansas. So I'm not just Kansas bashing at all. Um, the other family was Arkansas. So yeah, not Kansas. Um, but yeah, they, they said, no, this is wrong. Don't, we're not going to support you. Not coming to your wedding. Not, you know, just, yeah, not happy about it. Um, and that's, that's not, that's not uncommon though. That for, for my friends in England, it's uncommon to have, um, an unsupportive family. I would be shocked if somebody came out here around me and didn't have good support around them. But in Kansas or, or America, actually, I guess, because Arkansas, California, wherever, it was actually more common to um, for it to be, you know, negative and not yeah. a good experience at all. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I feel like a lot of the stories, um, with the exception of a few that I've had with close friends, it's been very much like either over time their parents kind of like find out and they like almost don't even talk about it. Right. It's like very awkward. Whereas like my parents are always like, how are you and Brad? How's your boyfriend? Are you dating? Are you this? And it's like with them, it's just very much like they don't even breach the topic of dating. They just know and it's a secret or it's like this weird unspoken secret or 
you know, again, they get cut off. There's like resentment um, or the, one of the family members doesn't accept the other. So it's just like, I'm like, it's your, what changes? Like what, like what change? Like for me, like I want to understand, like uh, how does the child themselves change, right? There's, there's nothing that they didn't kill anybody, right? Where it's like, okay, now I can see my perception of this, like a, like a sociopath, but it's like, this is a great, amazing person that you birthed, that you love. Like that literally told you a piece of piece of knowledge where it's, it doesn't make the change at whether they said that they're gay or whether they told you they're drinking water. Like the, the, the information doesn't change the child, right? Yeah. So. yeah. And if everybody had that way of thinking, like this would be a great world, but unfortunately, right. people don't have that way of thinking everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. more and more people are, and more and more people sort of our age is kind of teaching our parents, you know, you can't be saying that, you can't be doing that, you can't, you know, those racial slurs or the um, homophobic slurs, things like that. People are picking up on that now and calling people out on it a little bit more. But again, it's so dependent on your environment and where you are. Like I said, like I'm in a good one, fortunately. But who knows, 20 miles away, there could be somebody, you know, having the most awful time with, you know, family that can't accept that and friends that are like, ooh, gross. I can only speak from my own experiences and the people that I know. Is there anything, so, I mean, other than anything else that you might want to close out on, but um, is there anything that, like, or, like, a note that you feel has maybe, like, helped you or helped others in the sense of just being true to yourself and being, like, open and honest about who you are, maybe, like, for somebody that's listening that hasn't been able to to come out or hasn't been able to be open and honest? Like, is there, like, something that you can, I guess, give them to take away? Yeah, I mean, it'd be really easy for me to say, just rip the bandaid off and just and just do it. And in most mm-hmm. of the instances, you know, it, that is that was what I could say to someone. It would be like, just just tell them, get it off your chest. You do feel instantly better, no matter what their reaction. You do feel better already for just getting it out. Um, but also that could be really, you know, damaging advice if I said that to someone who then got their whole lives just flipped turned upside down college cut off you know so I couldn't really be sloppy with my advice on that one but what I do know is that I was never myself until I was out like I was so shy and introverted and confused and a bit awkward and then as soon as I came out and was just like living how I am and what I felt was truly how I am then I, then I was happy. I'm so happy and content because I, I'm open about it and I, I just couldn't imagine being closeted still. Um, so if you're wanting to come out and you really think it's going to be a bad, bad situation, maybe it's an environment change that they need to have. Can they go to a safer place and, you know, move in with friends and, you know, get that stuff sorted. But if they think, oh, I'm not sure how it's going to go down, you don't, you never know, you know, like, at the end of the day, it's your family, and and more often than not, families will still support you and love you and not kick you out onto the streets. But I can't talk for everybody, obviously. But I, yeah. it just makes me sad to think there are so many people that are still struggling to not come out. Someone the other day said about, well, I think I mentioned this at the beginning about how we shouldn't still have to do this and how difficult it is, and it is so hard still to come out. And I wish it wasn't a thing but it is a thing and every the way people do it is different and there's that 
um, NFL player that just came out recently. And so many people are like, who cares? So what? Why, why are you making it a big thing? Like, let people come out how they want to come out. If it's telling their sister on Christmas morning in their bedroom, great. If it's a YouTube video that they want to go viral, great. Like, we, we do have to come out because it's going to come out at some point and it's better that you say it in the way that you want than people finding out and it coming out in a way that you don't want. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, like we're, I think people are searching for answers, right? And I'm not saying that we all have the answers, but I think that, you know, it does get better and there is like a light at the end of the tunnel for anyone. And like, there are people like you who just have like found that light who are like living like such like a fulfilled life with the person that they love. And I think everyone deserves that, right? Everyone deserves to find like light and love and happiness. Like, whatever that may be to them, um, no matter who you are or where you are in this world, right? But it's like finding that and doing what's right on your path. And I think that's like all we can really like say and, and do. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I didn't just come out and it was all rainbows and sunshines and here I am living my best life. Like you are going to have to go through the shit too. Like that's inevitable. But that's inevitable for any human. Like you've got to go through the shit. You're going to get abuse from somewhere. You're going to get, called names you're gonna get you know called out in the streets things like that you know but you get called out for having bad acne like just being human there's just twats out there just being twats wherever you are so and like you know when I um first came out I was dating butch girls I was girly and then I rapidly changed into like completely the opposite direction and I was really boyish and so you've got to go through the different stages and figure out who who you are and what's going on and it is so mental and finding even just one or two people that you can just kind of get that out to even if it's an online room something is helpful but to don't take on too many opinions that would be my advice when I was in you know going through college and stuff bloody hell people saying things like well if you're dressing like a boy why don't you just become a boy if if you're gonna use a strap on why don't you just get a dick like if girls are dating girls that look like guys why don't they just and when enough people start saying things like that do you start thinking oh, fuck maybe I should be a boy maybe I should get a dick maybe I should be more like that or less like this or maybe god I didn't wear leggings or like a thong or makeup for years because I felt like that was girly and I had been put in this boy box that maybe I'd put myself in it but when people kind of have those expectations of you're the boyish lesbian doing the boyish things you feel like and when you're dating straight women you want to be boyish for them I just I think I, I try to adapt and change and be all these different things for all these different people and I'm even to this day I'm still trying to be how exactly how I want to be without taking on too many voices opinions from other people but I think that's not just a gay thing either I think that's just a growth thing we're also going to be judged by people that are around us. So take on as little bullshit as possible and just be you, boo. <laughs> Woo! I am here for this energy. Oh my God. I would love to kind of leave the floor to you. Do you, um, is there anything else that you want to like touch on? I'm totally happy to like um, keep, keep going or like cover more topics, but it's entirely up to you. Honestly, I had any, I was down for talking about anything like um, stats, 
when people say things like, why do you even have a pride? Or could we have a straight pride? Stats like, how about, I've got them pulled up right in front of me here. Because I saw this post the other day. I was like, I should bring this up. Mm -hmm. um, 68 countries still criminalize homosexuality. Okay, That's a lot of countries to still be illegally gay. That is mad. That is mad. Uh, 12 of those countries um, still carry the death penalty. So you can be killed in 12 countries. That's so gay. nuts. So nuts. Which is why I say I've got it easy. Like, yeah, I've been given shit, but God, I'm not having rocks thrown at me. I'm not being made to flee my country. Like, it's so fucked up in so many places still. Um, where, what else? We've got 28 countries have legalized same-sex marriage. That, that's only 28 in 195 countries where you can legally be married. Because why? Because why? Um, oh, this one's mad. Only four countries have banned conversion therapy. Conversion Who therapy even thinks that that's like a possibility? A whole topic. You could have a whole... I feel like you, you should find someone that has had to go through that. That would be an interesting one. There's a couple movies about kids that have gone to like conversion therapy camps. and I think it's called um, But I'm a Cheerleader or something that's about i'll have to take a look away from her parents and they try and like convert you in these camps and yeah it's it just no honey no that's like hella insane i'm just i like i'm just honestly it goes back to the point of like like what effect is it genuinely having on you and i think it's just people having an opinion and i think a lot of it well, a lot of it does definitely go back to i think that people interpreting the bible one way or another and then having, you know, kind of the, the church be involved with the state. But then it's like, what happens to, you know, the separation of church and state too? And I like, I don't know. I have so many questions and absolutely like no, no answers. Yeah. It doesn't, I don't even understand how people think that it's a thing could work, but it's, yeah. out, there. it's out there. Dude. Yeah. I don't know. What were you, what did you mention about um, representation? Just in the lack of it, or it's getting better, but the lack of it. So mm -hmm. I absolutely love Disney, but I am gagging for a gay Disney movie. And uh, we just watched Luca the other night and I we really thought it was going to end up the two main character boys were going to be gay. And I was like, please be gay, please be gay. Like Disney need a gay, you know, movie. And they weren't. And I was so disappointed. Um, but... It is getting better, but when you like look at movies, particularly with lesbians in, it's always revolved around steamy sex scenes and the sex that lesbians have. Mm. It's never just like they are a couple who happen to be women. It's a movie about lesbian sex or, you know, the token gay or whatever, but it, it can never, it never seems to be just gay people naturally thrown in. There's always kind of a, weird yeah. storyline around it. it's never just n normal and it it's getting better though and like more commercials over here we call them adverts we call them commercials um are putting more gay people in and me and becky will spot them we shout them out and we're like gay oh gay but like it would be like <clears throat> a hoover advert or something and like two men sitting on a sofa or something like that and it's so like off the cuff and like <clears throat> not a big deal i'm like yes yes i'm here for this hoover advert let's go vacuum sorry like it just you know, just natural stuff. Whereas at the moment, when people think lesbian movie, they think porn. We are so 
sexually objectified as porn figures, that needs to go. But it's going to take time, isn't it, to move away from... There's a guy, what's it? It was um, Jeremy Clarkson. I don't know if you know who he is. He's pretty famous over here. He does, like, TV shows and stuff. And he was called out for being homophobic. And his response was, how can I be homophobic when I love lesbian porn? He denied being homophobic because he enjoys lesbian porn. I'm like, that's not... Oh, good. So disrespectful and disgusting and you're a twat. I've heard you know people before like oh i love lesbian porn and lesbians are hot i'm not a homophobe lesbians are hot like oh god when i was like 17 18 19 at times i'd be at clubs and guys would be like oh my god lesbians get off with each other like go make out and like oh you would never ask a straight couple to do that if anything you'd be like get a fucking room but lesbians it's like oh make out it's hot kind of thing i think even like when it comes down to like objectifying women right like a dude will look at a straight, like straight girls, like after two shots, like making out and they're like, Ooh, yeah. So hot. And then there's like this, okay, well, what's the difference between like two men, like kissing, right? Like, and then you're going to have a problem there. Like it, isn't that exactly the same? Like you were just a walking, literally a walking contradiction when it comes to that point. Yeah. You mean it's harder for men than it is for lesbians, gay men than lesbians. Yeah. Well, I just think in general, like just people, like people don't care whether like now when it comes just to women in general, like people don't even care if like you're gay or straight, they just like want to see women on women action because again, it's just become so like sexualized, right? Like, oh, it's like the same comment of that actor you made where he's like, well, how could I be homophobic if I love like, you know, um, gay porn or like, you know, woman on woman porn? Like that's not logical. Yeah. It's not even on the same it doesn't even make sense because those women are actresses, right? Like they're probably not even lesbians. It's so not anything to do with the whole conversation. Just shut up. (laughs) Just shut up and go over wank. Like, just leave me alone, please. Yeah, dude. I like shocks me every fucking time, every time. And like, I can't even like, I just can't even imagine like going through, like I get annoyed just like being like a straight female, but it's like, I can't even like imagine when it's like in your world where you're like fucking Christ. Like now it's like, you know, you're like constantly like seeing it everywhere you look. And like, I know for me, like I'm noticing more, at least, at least a little bit more representation in the States nowadays, because I think there's a huge push for like diversity, like where I, so I work in an agency and we, um, are launching a ton of campaigns for our clients and they're like generally moving in this direction of like all inclusivity, whether it be like gay, straight, black, brown, um, short, tall like it doesn't matter like large thin like we are just like culturally representing people just because at the end of the day we can't have one avatar for what the person is because what used to be in advertising and what we used to see in tv is the two percent or even the one percent of people that are in this world and that is just not the case so like how can we as a society relate to everything that's basically being pushed on us the consumer when it doesn't even represent us like why would we want to indulge in a series that's like so completely fictional like that exactly exactly there's a really good book that i always recommend to people called beauty sick um that it's all about objectifying women and um it's i'm not even going to go into it because it's such a good book but it gives you loads and loads of statistics and research on just like the time and energy and shit that women put into looks and 
is when we've got more important shit to be getting on with and thinking about, and yet we are objectified so much. Um, I did see a couple of studies that were comparing like objectification from heterosexual women and lesbian women. And I didn't really go like delve too deep into it. And they were kind of old studies anyway, but because lesbians aren't really having, or don't need to impress men, for example, it's almost objective. You said you felt not worth what did you said something a minute ago you were like I couldn't even imagine as lesbians being like objectified in that way but actually I don't feel I need to look good for a man and that's kind of where the whole sexual objectification comes from is you know typically it's you know a woman being objectified by a male so if you're not bothered about a man then you're not taking on his ideals as much does that make sense so actually as heterosexual women yeah. you've probably got it a little bit worse um as far as the objectification goes because you want to impress men because well i'm wording this all wrong and i'm gonna slap myself when i hear this back but you understand what i'm saying like i was like i'm picking up what you're putting down yeah you could probably word it in a much better way than i have but definitely read the book. It's called Beauty Sick. It's really great. Yeah, I've. Uh, I think I've heard that. I think I've heard the name. I've never read it, but I definitely want to make a. I'm. I'm looking for like another another book to to purchase. So that's like something that I can definitely put on my radar. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like important, right? Like just to like expand your horizon and like start understanding. I think like. I think the disservice that people do to like themselves and, and minority communities is like not understanding. So no matter what, whether it be male, female, objectified or not, it's like not understanding. And I think that's where like a lot of these problems like tend to tend to arise. Yeah, exactly. It is, it is definitely misunderstanding and a lack of educating. I think everything comes from lack of education, really. So obviously the whole Black Lives Movement has... I don't know if it's the same over there, but it must be because it all started mm -hmm. with George Floyd, George Floyd, sorry, um, over our first lockdown. And it was a huge movement. And I felt so uneducated around black history, around everything. I like, mm -hmm. so, you know, I started reading books and following better accounts to like teach myself it. Cause I was like, I feel so, I, I just didn't understand. And I didn't know um, what, how bad it was um and you know everything in the system and, and, and whatnot so you know read about it I taught myself about it like understand you, you know and it's the same with anything like instead of just being ignorant and throwing your opinions on people why don't you read a book or like read an article or ask appropriate questions to the right people or, or something to just educate yourself. But people get so set in their opinions and their mindset and what they think is right. And that's where conflict starts is because people just aren't open-minded and aren't educated and stick to what they know. And I feel like our government is run off those people, to be honest, they're just stuck in what they know. And oh, God, this could be a whole other podcast. But I think when the top top yeah. people no, I agree. are all like that, what, what hope do the rest of the country have? You know, my friend works in a primary school and she's not even allowed to teach about same-sex couples. It's a Catholic school. But unless a child specifically goes to them to ask about same-sex 
couples and marriage. They're not allowed to teach about it. I'm like, then then this country cannot move forwards, can it? Because we learn everything from, from schools, right? Like, basically. So you're born as a straight person. You go to school and you're taught mums and dads. It just makes it so much more difficult when you get to high school and start having these thoughts and everything. If we just educated people from a younger age about different ethnicities and different sexualities and, you know, trans people, everything just needs, it's, a, it's education, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. And I like, I mean, I can hope like moving forward, they like rewrite the curriculum. Right. And like, I think not only that, but it's like bringing in diversity within, within teachers and like actually like paying their teachers more. Right. Because like your teachers are moving the needle to who your child basically become. They're like the overglorified like babysitter in all reality that actually teaches child information. So like if we can get not only diverse people, pay them more to like really take the time to like nurture these children in like the education system, then I think we like as a society can like move forward in a lot of an easier way. Like, and I think that, that, you know, all the shit that everyone deals with, all the minority groups like deal with, like that can basically be dispersed. And while we have, we're still going to have all that. I think we can at least diminish a majority of like the negativity, I think like surrounding all these groups. Yeah. It's just one of those long, long uphill battles, isn't it? Like changing a whole Mm -hmm. curriculum and system and way of being and old school ways of thinking and all of the above oh dude i agree if you look at so, where we are now compared to where we were like 60 years ago i mean my mum was saying in school they were taught about um how the woman has to stay home while the husband goes to work and when he comes in not to ask too many questions but to not be too quiet because he'd be tired from his day of work and how to iron that is my mum's era learning that shit how mental is that so I know, <laughs> like literally learning how to sew and I'd cook an iron for your husband, and women couldn't even open their own bank. My father in the states, but here they couldn't even open their own bank accounts without a husband till I think the seventies or eighties. Yeah. So no wonder we're. I mean, where we are. Dude, it's so it's so absolutely true too. Like it's again, it's all like within that same era, right? Like I mean, even like down to my parents, like they're still pushing the whole like my dad will always be like, yeah, make sure the man always carries your things and make sure the man makes more money than you and make sure he's strong and blah blah blah. And then oh no, you're not supposed to work here or do this. I'm just like, have y'all met me? <laughs> like in all reality, I'm like. So like so independent and so driven. I'm like the fact that my parents still like have this whole mindset of like, oh, are you cooking dinner for him? Make sure that like you don't have any holes in your pants because he's gonna notice that and then look at the other girl. And like like literally, this is shit that my parents will like still say. And this is not to fault of their own. Like I feel like one, they're culturally a lot different. And two, like, I mean, just getting raised in the same era as your mom, too. Like it, it's just what they were taught and what they know. So to them, they think they're like already set in their ways, right? So there's like no like progressive thought or battle even like in their minds. Yeah, I just la- last weekend we were at a party and um, Becky's mom was saying um, she doesn't cook the. Oh, sorry, I've just got a thing flash up. Um, Becky's mom was saying she, she doesn't cut the lawn because that's the man's job and doesn't do certain things because it's the man's job. 
And there was a bit of a silence, and I went, I looked at Becky and said, we're fucked then. We're just going to have long grass forever. Neither of us can cut the lawn. Because <laughs> that's the man's job. <laughs> like, how are we going to get through? We're going to have really bad weeds. That's you hire a man. I'm just going to have to hire a man to, to do all the man jobs. Exactly. Man job. Uh, yeah, I am done. I'm. That's so funny. It's just that generation, isn't it? And it, it's easy to be like, oh, it's just that generation. But I'm like, generation, do better. We're trying to be better. We're progressive in thinking. Catch up. That's yeah. You would think, but we also have so much exposure to, I think, like social media too, right? So, like the people that are not educated, like say I have followers that maybe like or have different, you know, let's talk about Instagram, right? Like say I have followers that like don't have my ideals. Um, they're like on the opposite side of the spectrum, but I'm sitting here sharing, you know, like, Hey, this is what I'm saying. Or like, this is, uh, you know, like stats about pride or stats about this community or, Hey, there's this minority group and here's what's happening over here. And then if they don't know, like they at least have some exposure, whether or not they want to believe it or not, like, they have a little bit more exposure to see what the other side is saying um, versus I think maybe like even our parents' generation where it's like, oh, we only have one channel for news. We only have one newspaper that we follow. This is it. This is all we see. Like we only have our church that's getting giving us all our information. So they grow up, you know, 40 years of their life and like, no, this is correct. This is right. And so part of me like tries to be like sympathetic to that. But then another part of me is like, well, it's, the world has changed a lot and not only in the last like 20 years, but like in the last year, like how much, like, you know, again, how much push for diversity and representation there is like how much like legality has changed even since like 2015. Like I just like so many things that I think like, then we have to think like, okay, well, should we really give them like leeway for not understanding? So like, I'm in this like very big, like push and like, I guess like teeter of like, yeah i'm trying to understand them and also yeah totally agree i totally get that because you only know what again what you've been taught and what you've been educated with um but but then they do have their own brains to be open-minded to so and and to just acknowledge what is now being said and not be closed off to it and, and be like actually you know oh this the world is moving at a fast pace than we what we used to things are crazy you know you know don't understand what this don't understand all that but just being like accepting that things are changing and not so digging the heels in um yeah you know, like a 50 50 i think i know like a lot of that age group are very like open-minded and like yeah let's chat about you know stuff and want to learn and understand and then there's the other 50 percent are very like i know what i know and that's final there's not much yeah. to do about them ones. So just got to lead them to it. I agree. So Lauren, what is next for you in your dating life? <laughs> I'm, I'm with this one. I'm with Becky for, for the long run. <laughs> I can really come on here and be like, I'm actually on this podcast to break up with my girlfriend. <laughs> no, <laughs> in the next room. Um, yeah, no, we have just moved into an apartment together just a few months ago. We really want a dog, but we can't get one because we're in this apartment. Um, yeah, I'm just building my gym business, and that's it. My dating life is is no is no more. Just just this one. Thank you. 
I love it. I literally love to hear it. I would love to meet her. I only get to see all the uh, social stuff, but I also haven't seen you since you stole my best friend and took her to Australia. I thought you were <laughs> like three and a half years ago. Oh, and I left her there too. I didn't even bring her back. Literally, no, like, you hey, left hey. her there. She's still there. Don't worry. Still there and getting married. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that hoe. Yeah, she. <sighs> Dude, my best friend of like 20 years, like every few years, she just like bounces out just to like, whether it's like school or jobs or whatever, but she's been doing her damn thing out in Australia. And then she just hits me up one day with like a picture of a ring or something. She's like, LOL, I'm engaged. And I'm like, wow, out of all people, it's you. I know. I did not see that one coming, but buzzing for her. She, she yeah. might help me in Australia. We love that. But back to California for you. No, she'll, I know that she says she wants to come back. So I'm waiting for the day. She does want to. Yeah, she wants it. Well, she definitely wants to like visit and see us. I know she's like a little bit more homesick. So yeah. either way, like, yeah, I just, I just, I just miss her. I think it's, it, I think it's hard for me. Like having your like right hand person, like just not be here. Like she's not accessible. Right. Like, and we're on such a huge like timeline. So basically when we text, it's like, one person's sleeping, the other person's awake. So we have like such like a long, long leeway before we have conversations and like trying to plan FaceTimes. It's so rough. I mean, how hard is it? I was like sitting there trying to figure out like, okay, how can I get you on this podcast? Like, fortunately I have like half days on Friday. So I'm like, all right, perfect. Like, I'm off. It's right before you go to bed. Like we're right in this like good time zone. Yeah. It worked out. Eight, hour, eight hours is quite a lot, but Australia is, it's a different planet, isn't it? Down there. So far away. And with COVID, yeah. like, all traveling for every year it just makes it so much harder but you guys will reunite and it'll feel so good i can't fucking wait but dude lauren i love you and i miss you so so much um i honestly appreciate you coming on i know that you probably are like staying awake and cutting into your actual like friday night but um friday nights (laughs) But I am totally open if you ever have, dude, any, any other pods, any ideas, we can definitely keep doing like rounds. Dude, did Becky ever like has stories she wants to, she wants to do, or both of you want to come on? Like we can do it. For anything, whatever you want to talk about. We are here.